Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Flock! What the Flock. Where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage, people don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church, Kimberly. Pastor Joel Swikowski, what is happening, my brother? Hey, Pastor Jonathan, your throat okay after that introduction? Uh, yes, yes, it's fine. I have. That was uh, good. I love, I love the enthusiasm. We're on to another <laughs> awesome topic here today. Oh yes, we are. Oh yes, we are. We are talking about God is love. God is love. That's our topic. So, why are we covering this, Pastor Joel? Why is this on what the flock? Give me some background. Drop some knowledge on me. Like or understanding it, or understanding, whichever one you prefer. Yeah. Well, how about we'll do we'll try a little both because because isn't isn't God is love in the Bible? Like, why it, is that an issue? It right? is. It is. So a little background then, and and a little reasoning behind why are we doing this topic? This topic's actually going to be the start of us diving into understanding God's nature, and it's going to take multiple episodes for us to unpack this. Partly because man has cause so much damage in the area of defining God's nature that there's all these different variations of damage in the church. And, you know, ultimately because man has done a really great job of embracing man-made doctrine <laughs> in place of the word of God. Oh, yeah. and unfortunately it's happened maybe the most, maybe the most in the area that's the most important to get right according to God's eyes. Mm. So we're talking about God here. Right. And how do we understand who he is, how we can define him in his nature? What is he like? Mm. So God is love is a great one to start at, to go headfirst into, and primarily because of what I already said. We need to address both 1 John 4, 8 and 1 John 4, 16 that actually state the words, God is love. Well, it's plain, Joel. It's written right there. God is love. How have people been hurt by that in the church? If it's just so plain, plainly and clearly stated that God is love. Yeah, well... Um, Although God is love, according to 1 John chapter 4, is accurate, it still requires the right interpretation behind it. Mm -hmm. and, and really, what I'll say right now is people have a flawed definition of this word God, and partly due to a flawed interpretation of those verses. So we'll unpack those verses a little bit in this episode, but I'll just say this. One of the reasons this has been an issue in the church is because defining God's nature as love is flawed. Ooh. God's nature is not love. God is love, but that's not his nature. So we need to unpack that seeming contradiction, right? And we will. Yeah. But ultimately, the the reason this is a conflict or an issue in the church is people don't understand the right definition of God's nature. They don't know who God is, which means 
they have no sure way of knowing if they're worshiping the right God. And that sound like an issue to you, the church, not having an objective way to ensure that their people are worshiping the right God. I would say that that would be the church's job, right? (laughs) Yeah. Something we are definitely responsible for. So we're saying God is love is so we're, we're zoning into that word is being translated into nature, right? That is who he is. That's his nature. So we hear is it's his nature. So how do people support that perspective in the Bible? Pastor Joel. Yeah. It's first John chapter four. People will just simply say Bible says it. That's what it means. Don't argue with the word of God. It's like, yes, okay, so I'll say this. God is love, according to 1 John chapter 4, is a fact. But what is the meaning behind what I'm reading? It's not talking about what God's nature is in that verse. So, But, but ultimately, that strict perspective of the Bible says God is love. First John four says so is really the way that that person would support their position. And, and I get it. I get why they would. It's a pretty darn good support. Yep. It's black and white, right? Right. So how do people argue against this strict side? If someone came at me and said yeah. the definition of God, I said, what's your definition of God? And they said, God is love. I could ask, what is your definition for love? Because mm-hmm. the issue here is what we're seeing is, so during the love episode, what we we gave the definition of love according to God's word, according to Jesus's mouth, yeah, which we know he only did with the father taught him. So it's something Sweet. that the father was in agreement with as well. What we saw is there's one of the big conflicts there is people have one word with multiple definitions. Here, what we have is an issue of people using one definition with two words. So asking this question ought to break that down where it's like, wait a minute, if you're saying God is love, what's your definition for love? Because that and that question ought to start slowing that person down, especially if, wait, if your definition for love is a feeling, is God a feeling? Mm. If your definition for love is, well, there's multiple definitions. So there's multiple definitions for God. Yeah, maybe that's where they'd land. But ultimately, even asking, you know, even if the person has the right definition for love, if your definition for love is giving a value without expecting anything in return from the person whom you gave, are you saying that's God? That's the definition of God? Hmm. Like, no, that doesn't make sense. So what this does is it ultimately starts breaking down and showing people wait you're using you're using two words we need because you say god is love we have to know what both those words mean now right yes i could also ask how do you explain the times when god doesn't love Mm. like for instance is it going to be an act of love for god to send people to hell I think maybe people might even say yes. Yeah, it would be because it would be just. It's like, yeah, it's just, but is it love? Mm, How is going to hell a value? Right. 
or, you know, in Jeremiah, one of these, one of these passages in Jeremiah that I think a lot of people tend to stay away from when, when God tells Jeremiah, you know what, just tell the people to stop praying because I'm not hearing them. So what do we, how do we deal with that as it relates to God is love? When he says, don't even pray because I'm not going to listen. Essentially meaning, don't even pray because I'm not going to give you what you're asking for. Oh, right. Man. Okay. Let me, so let me summarize this. So the church has defined God as love, his nature. He is always and completely loving all the time. And that has led to people having a wrong view of God and a wrong view of love because they define it, they can't define it, or they define it as a feeling, which, man, now everyone becomes their own God. Ooh, yeah. Now they're worshiping the way that they feel if they define love the wrong way and define God the wrong way. Right. And then that would massively, I can see it, how that would massively hurt the church. Yeah. That would hurt anyone who's a believer in God. And it would hurt married couples as well. Yep. Because they're the ones, you know, I'm supposed to love my wife. That's the person. It's the, like the first person that I'm supposed to love. And it's going to screw up my marriage if that's based upon a feeling where I can't define it. Yep. And in future podcasts, we're going to see how this results in depression. Ooh, yeah, serious stuff. Yeah, man. So that's the strict side, the strict perspective. And before we go into the loose perspective, why don't we take a call from our friend? Oh, yep, he's there. Pastor Dick Tater, you are on the line. Hello, Pastor Joel and Pastor Jonathan. This is Pastor Richard Tater from McMillan, Alabama. God is love, gentlemen, and he would never do anything that made me feel pain or feel uncomfortable. This topic is making me angry. But what I feel towards you, Pastor Joel and Pastor Jonathan, is a very real and righteous anger and i'm serious i'm warning both of you y'all are beginning to become my enemy now i want you to take heed to these words and i'm gonna hang up and i'm gonna hear your response this is my favorite podcast to hate god bless Wow. Uh, thank you, Pastor Dick. Uh, appreciate your vulnerability. Um, I'm sorry to hear that you're feeling the way that you are. Um, wow. I'm not used to hearing that tone from Pastor Dick. Uh, what are you thinking, Pastor Joel? Yeah, that was, um, that was different. Yeah. I'm wondering why he's angry if he's a Christian Hmm. where another way I could word that is if he's angry, 
isn't that him proving that he's not loving us? Mm. Why is he calling us? Trying to get a value from us or trying to love us, trying to give a value to us? I don't know. So I think I think it's it's interesting the words he used talking about us becoming his enemy. I think we're gonna unpack some of the implications of that. And hopefully he stays on the line and listens and hopefully we can still help him. Well, yeah, I, I hope so too. And as always, thanks for calling Pastor Dick. You yeah. know, we wanna we wanna continue to have a conversation with you. We appreciate your call and the opportunity to be able to um, make an impact where we can. Yes. And we do. We, this, is a, this is a podcast to help people who've been hurt by church and don't come to church anymore. So, you know, we definitely want, we're trying to build a bridge here. So any more comments and feedback that you have for us, we welcome it. Okay, Pastor Joel. Let's talk about the loose perspective. Great. It's what it is, is the same as the strict side. God is love. However, it can't be defined. So this is where similar to the love episode, it was all about not defining it or having flawed definitions. Both sides seemed kind of the same until you broke down the resulting, the result of it here Mm -hmm. is uh, still God is love yet. It can't be defined because here's the key that would put God in a box. So, you know, it's, it's this perspective of even if things don't feel good in the moment, eventually everyone will feel God's love. Love wins, baby. Hmm. Lucy goosey. It's all a feeling, right? There you go. With the added, you can't put God in a box. And then ultimately you're going to, you know, everyone everywhere is going to receive this benefit. There's no, there, there's no limitation. There's, there's nothing holding that down. It's just everyone eventually will feel it. They'll experience God's love eventually. So how have people been hurt by that perspective? Well, this belief that God is love and that love means God God will always give us what's in our benefit long-term and everyone will feel it is a belief in universalism and universalism is a belief that says everyone goes to heaven eventually. And that's despite all the contradictions this creates in the Bible in, in the Bible. If God is love and love means he only does things that are for my long-term benefit, that would result in everyone eventually going to heaven. And this belief is a belief in a God that enables people. And it actually makes God look bipolar because we, we have a hard, a God who's contradictory, a God who on the one hand is loving and a God, and then on the other hand, a God who's abusing, we can never rely on what is he actually like? I don't really know what, what's he going to do in this situation? I don't really know. I can never really get to know him. So how do I, how would I address the people that believe in, in, or they're showing universalist beliefs? I don't think people are generally, especially people listening to this podcast and the people that we encounter are, I don't think they're trying to be universalist. I think that most of them go to a Christian church. 
So how would you, how would you confront this issue? How would you talk to these people that, that hold those beliefs? I could ask, is it possible you're worshiping a different God? This is a callback to the humility podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Possible. Mm. Can you consider it? And really what this gets down to is even asking, what's your definition of God? Or how, how do you know you're worshiping the right God if he can't be defined? And then how do you deal? So, you know, this whole idea of enabling this universalism becoming a, is a belief based in a God who enables. How do you deal with the scriptures that show God not listening to prayers? Like in Jeremiah that we said earlier, he didn't answer or give based on people's requests because it would enable them which means God's nature isn't love. There are certain situations where he's not giving. He's not loving. This means love is not a cause of God. Hmm. Love is an effect. This shows the value of defining love with a definition focused on causes. And it also shows the supreme value in defining God's nature according to causes. Okay, so I want to I want to pull that apart a little bit. Great. When you say it's a definition like God's nature needs to be causes. When you say cause, what do you mean by cause? The start, the beginning. It is it is the thing that everything else we see is founded in. Everything that comes forth out of that cause is in effect. So when you see this going on in the church, this topic about God is love, and from the, the freedom side and from the strict side, how do you see people responding to that in the church, Pastor Joel? Oh, unfortunately, this is another one of those topics. I think maybe the more foundational the topic is, the more the extreme response seems to be. People don't get riled up when we talk about the definition of prayer as much as they do when we talk about the definition of love or the definition of God. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, so it alarms me that people are missing this this huge benefit of understanding God down to his core. Now, this doesn't mean I'll know everything about God ever, but I can and ought to know who he is in his nature. So in the church, I see this manifest itself in multiple ways. There's the people group that I feel sorry for. These are people who are worshiping a version of God that doesn't exist. I feel bad for those people, especially when they also are people who refuse to hear another perspective. And I'd love, I love, I think, do idolaters and prideful people go to heaven? Mm. People who aren't even willing to hear another perspective about how God ought to be defined. And these people can end up depressed and even suicidal. That's how foundational of a doctrine God's nature is. Yeah. It is at the, the forefront of every person's worldview whether they believe in God or not, God needs to be defined for them to be able to describe the way they look at the world. 
Wow. So, so God is the rock for people who are believers and people who are unbelievers. Yes. Cause oh. even, even atheists have to account for who this God person is when they're describing how everything started. Wow. Then there's the people I understand why they do what they do. I understand their perspective. These are people who've left the church due to the contradictions they see from what's being taught about God. We both see this all the time. These are the people that we minister to. Yeah. But unfortunately there's people we're trying to still minister to that. We, we haven't been able to reach because these are people who have continued to walk away, but they were secure enough. The reason I understand them is they were secure enough to do so secure enough to realize, you know what? Although I'm not, although these aren't the right answers that I'm getting from the church and I need to, I need to leave. It doesn't, this person doesn't necessarily believe there's not a right answer. They're just leaving the church because they're sick of being abused. Mm. And it is, it's definitions of God like this that cause people to look at the world and conclude that the church isn't helping anyone. How is this belief? God is love different than people than what people who don't go to church have they've defined god according to this perspective of he's supposed to be this guy who always does good to you but look at all the evil in the world and the result is that guy must not exist then because that's a contradiction yeah the people in the church and the people outside of the church in this in this area at an alarming rate believe the same thing it's just the people in the church have decided to embrace a contradiction. Mm. Who's more excellent. Wow. So these people who walk out of the church for this reason, I understand why they do it. Yeah, me too. And these people can also end up depressed though, if they don't get the right definition. Yep. The, the people that, that I'm impressed with that I'd say we're impressed with are people who look past these flawed descriptions of God and they see that God does, in fact, love. But these people are on a quest to find God's nature according to causes. And these people realize that God's loving kindness means God's love does not contradict and become enabling. The word kind actually means without contradiction, such as, two of a kind or repaid in kind without contradiction. So these are people who have pursued God's nature according to causes, regardless of what they're being taught in the world. That's awesome. So what is the ultimate answer, Pastor Joel? The ultimate answer as it relates to this idea of God is love. So let's kind of break down what this would mean. How do we unpack this God is love perspective? Yeah. Well, the correct interpretation of God is love, which occurs twice in John, 1 John chapter 4. The reason it recurs twice is it's because it's at the beginning and at the end of a logical argument. And what this statement actually means when translated in a non-contradictory way, it is as to God's nature, it is loving. So the phrase God is love actually means 
as to God's nature, it is loving. So this is an effect. Love is an effect of God's nature. And notice, God, we've talked about this last episode. God first loves everyone, and then everyone shows if they are a friend or an enemy Hmm. of God by how they respond to God's love. God doesn't unilaterally decide who's his friend and who's his enemy. God loves everyone. And then how they respond to that love will show whether they're a friend of God or an enemy of God. But we love because God first loved us. We owe God. And it is actually loving of God for him to not enable us. Okay, so I want to break this down. As to God's nature, you said it is loving. Yes. What's another way that you could say that? That's kind of a... that's kind of an odd sentence to my ears god's nature results in love god's nature guides his love yeah god's nature guides his love that's great cool awesome well thank you so much pastor joel this has been what the flock thanks for listening everyone and remember if you've been hurt by church you are not alone we're here for you